Hi everyone, my name is Fatu. I am a student at the University of Chicago studying business economics. And today, I guess I'm here to talk to you all about financial literacy or resources or anything related to finances, I guess. Um, just, I guess, a disclaimer I should put out there. I am not a financial advisor. I am not legally qualified um, to give any kind of financial advice. So just wanted to put that out there. But nevertheless, I'm 19 years old, um, recently turned 19. And I have a, a little less than, a little under 15K in savings. And um, my credit score right now is 738. And I opened my first credit card literally i think the day i turned 18 so i was like super excited to get a credit card um so yeah i i think i have a pretty decent credit score for someone who's only had their credit card for a little over a year um i guess i can start with how i build up my credit score and the first thing i i like think about or i have in mind before i even buy anything is do I have enough to pay off whatever I'm buying by the end of the month? The one thing that I never do is let my whatever balance that I have on my credit card like stay on there for a, over a month. I always pay it off by the end of the month. So I think that's that's definitely the first thing. If I can't afford to buy it and pay it off in the same month, I would not buy it. And I also don't buy things that I wouldn't usually buy. Um, I was lucky enough that when I applied for a credit credit card, my limit was actually is actually a thousand dollars, which is very unusual. Usually, you have you know two fifty five hundred as like the limits for someone that's just opening up a credit card with no type of credit history. Um, so yeah, so that was already like a lucky thing that happened for me. Um, however, you know I had the option to either be financially responsible and not you know, spend 50, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80% of my um, card limit. But instead, I would just buy regular things that I needed. Like if I knew that I was going to buy chips or something from Walgreens or cookies or I don't care, whatever it is, I would just buy it on my credit card instead and then pay it off a few days later or anytime before the end of the month. Um, so that's that's the main thing that I do. Mm-hmm. And um, I also would like to put put it out there that I'm not perfect when it comes to this. I'm I'm also new to it, probably like someone who's listening to this right now. Um my first mistake was that okay, as a college student, when you go in to apply for a credit card, depending on what bank you're with, I'm with Bank of America, you are basically given the option to not have to pay any sort of interest until after graduation, um or like a year after you graduate out of college. And um, the first couple of months, I had like a low balance. I don't remember exactly how much it was, but I forgot to pay my credit um, my credit card balance before, I, I'm due the 23rd. So I forgot to pay it the 23rd or before the 23rd and I paid it off on the 24th, I think. And what happened was my credit score went down 15 points for less than 24 hours of me paying it, like, after it was due. So they don't care if it's a second late. I will suggest to pay it off one or two days 
before your due date. If not, <laughs> you might find yourself in the same trouble that I find myself in, which um, which kind of like brought my, I guess it made me feel really bad because I was like, I was getting, I was getting some really good points and everything. But as a early, like someone that's really early in their credit card history, that was something that took like a large toll on me. Maybe if I had four, five, six, seven years, it wouldn't have brought me down a whole 15 points. However, it's a lesson, you know, you live and you learn. I guess that's that's what it is. And some benefits or reasons why I decided to get a credit card so early is because like if you have a credit card history, you're able to buy property later on, buy a car or make loans and all of that without having, you might need to have somebody co-sign maybe depending on where, what stage or how long you've had your credit card or, and how long of a history you have. But the earlier you have it, the better your credit score you have. The more credit history you have, the better your interest rate will be later on, the more you can get loaned out and everything because they they can trust you or at least have something to go based off of. So that was that was the more like the, the first thing that that made me um, consider getting the credit card. Um, some other benefits, I guess, to it for me personally is that it made me learn. It learned, it made me learn how to be more responsible with money because as a college student, you know, everybody's going out, you're getting lit and stuff. You can easily, you can easily just like, oh, I'm gonna go spend $500 or something. That's like completely ridiculous. So I just had to learn to like, keep in mind that at the end of the day, I need a good credit score and that's going to set me up for life when it comes to other things that I wanted later on in the future, like a car or a house or, you know, maybe to make a loan for, to open my own business or something of that sort. You're, so you, you never know. That was like something. Um, some disadvantages that, um, that it didn't really happen to me, but that I see happen with other people. If you're not responsible, you can easily mess up your credit score really 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 badly and so i just i just say maybe be very considerate and like look at yourself again and again before even considering getting a credit card like are you able to responsibly do what you need to do without going oh i have this money because a credit card is not money that you own that is not your money that's someone else's money that they're giving to you at like an interest rate and you have to pay it back sooner or later so if you're not responsible, maybe this might not be the best option for you. But as someone that I consider myself fairly responsible, I think this has been really, really helpful for me and will keep being helpful for the future. Another big thing that I guess you all will be like wondering, how the hell is a 19-year-old able to save that much money? Um, first and foremost, I am... I'm just going to put it out there. I'm grateful to be living at home with my parents. I'm not paying any bill and I have never paid any bills. Like I'm not paying no phone bill, no house bill or anything like that. And I definitely understand that that's not everybody's um, experience. And I do understand that I'm very fortunate to be in a household where I'm able to just save all the money that I earned. Um, and I started working two weeks after I turned 16, which was July 1st. And I've been working ever since. I, I my first job was at a at a bakery, and I would work all like every weekend, Saturday and Sunday, and whenever I could, I would work the weekdays. Um, if I like had a break, it was winter break or something. So I'm just, I was always been like a hustler, I guess. So I just been working all all the time. I pay for my own clothes or like if I were to go out, my pocket money, all of that stuff. 
but um yeah just putting it out there i don't have to pay any bills which um allowed me to save as much money as i did so if you're not if you have to you know pay bills or have some kind of payments that you have to make on a monthly basis like if you i have a full ride just putting it out there as well if you um don't have a full ride and you have to pay for college or get yourself through some kind of loans or whatnot um you definitely might not be able to save as much as i have been able to save and that is completely understandable um don't beat yourself down for it at all but um something else is i also opened my savings account the second i started like making money for real um i think that was my senior year of high school i think that's when i opened a savings account i don't really remember but yeah, so I opened a savings account and I would put money in there as much as I could, I possibly could. I am very big on budgeting. And so I, I have a spreadsheet. Um, if anyone wants access to like a spreadsheet of that sort, please reach out to me and I'll definitely share it with you. It's not a problem, but it has been really helpful for me to keep track of how much money I am spending. And that way I can project that this month I'm going to I'm going to spend because I have this many outings or whatnot. $200 and the rest of my paychecks, I can just put it in my savings account directly. So that was the way that I'm think that I was thinking about it. I'm currently working at a venture capital about 40 so hours a week. And this is something else that I'm going to, you know, because I, I don't want to have this illusion that like, oh, I'm 19 and I'm saving this much money. You know, I'm perfectly good financially. Like I'm putting it out there that I am kind of an outlier and I've been really, really, really lucky to be put in these positions. And the job that I have right now working at a venture capital is not the typical job that a 19 year old is going to have. And usually the people, everybody that I'm working with, they have been through like business school and everything before they even got that job. So I do want to put it out there. I don't want to portray some kind of illusion that, yes, if you work hard, no, sometimes it's not just about working hard. It's about being lucky and having that chance and being given that opportunity. And I was lucky enough to be given an opportunity to work somewhere like that. And they pay really, really well. And I'm able to save all if not 90% of that money, because as you know, it's coronavirus and everything. So I'm staying at home. What am I spending money on? Nothing. We're not going out. We're <laughs> doing nothing. So I I literally save all of my, my, my salary. Um, so that's been helping me tremendously. Other tips you can say, um, or little things that I do that help me save in the long term is that I buy things in bulk. So my parents, we go to Sam's Club or like Costco or whatever you have near you where I can buy, we buy food in bulk and stuff like that. I'm not spending any food, but in terms of like clothes, for example, if I see there is a big sale and from H, I like to shop in like H&M, Zara, Banana Republic and stuff, but they usually don't have like those really big sales. But whenever I see a really big sale, I will buy all of the things that I would need. And my parents, we're very frugal, so we buy things for winter and the summer because they're cheaper in the summer and we buy things for summer and the winter because they're cheaper then so just just stuff like that if i'm gonna buy everything you buy is cheaper in bulk like hair products i'll get like the salon size 
for like um, shampoo and conditioner and stuff like that. And over time, it saves you money rather than having to buy like a $6 shampoo every three months. You can just buy a $18 one for the whole year. So that's that's how I think about it. I also um, save all of the money that I get for like, I rarely, this rarely happens to me anymore because I feel like the older you get, like no one really cares about your birthday. But like if I were to get some cash for my birthday or graduation, something like graduation from high school, you know, people give you a hundred dollars, 200, 500, however much it is. I save all of that. I'm not going to go like, oh, I have money. I'm going to go spend it. That is not the way that I think. And having that change in mentality and not seeing everybody in my age, in my age range, and they're like buying Louis Vuitton or like, I don't know, Dior, Dior, Dior. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, um, you know, having people buy stuff like that, like luxury items, and you go, okay, I have the money, I'm going to buy it. That's not what how I think. I'm really just thinking for the future, and I basically have an investor mindset. So I save that money for later to either invest or do something else but definitely not spend it just to look cool so yeah some of the resources that i use to learn about financial literacy overall um like are either on youtube or google um and one of the youtubers is patricia bright and she has a youtube channel called the break platform And she talks about investing in stocks, buying property, building an investment portfolio, um, non-passive ways to make income, and just like gives you tips about like billionaire habits. And another YouTuber is Ari Rich Journey. They talk about FIRE and FIRE is financial independence retire early. Um, They also talk about passive ways to make income, investing in bonds versus stocks, um, financial independence, ETFs versus index funds, ways to save money and ways to like hack, travel hack, um, as well as house hacking. And apart from that, like if I have any specific questions from watching those YouTube videos, I usually just go on Google and I like ask whatever specific question that I have that maybe the video didn't talk about. Usually I'll take notes of things that I can do right now, especially when it comes to passive and non-passive incomes. How can I make money right now today? And some of those ways um, are through some websites where you can take surveys such as earlybird.com, askwonder.com, and scribe.com. There is also the as is section of IKEA and in that section you can they basically have like furniture put down at a very very low price. If the couch costs $500, now it's like 50 or something and you can do that where you can just resell it maybe on eBay or whatnot. Like that's something that I have been looking into again. Not a financial advisor or anything like that. That's just stuff that I have um decided to take on and started looking into. I also have a lot, a lot of notes about um, index funds, growth investment, income investment, taxes with dividends, um, and all of that stuff. So if anyone else is interested in learning more about that, please let me know. Don't hesitate to reach out to me and we can discuss or I can make another one of these um, podcasts. So yeah, um, just to move a little bit forward into like the last thing of today, which is how to live rent free. Options really range from, you know, like being an in-house 
apartment manager and I don't know like how common that is in the US but I definitely know that like in like France or just Europe in general that's like very much more common over there um I think something that I came across recently is this is a whole different topic that I would gladly like talk about but house sitting so house sitting is basically like you travel around it can be in your same country or other countries and what you do is you house sit for somebody sometimes there are pets around like there are a lot of different options but someone is going away for a vacation or whatnot and you're in like Mexico or something and you're just sitting in their house paying no rent they don't pay you usually but you're paying no rent and you're just living in Mexico for free and all you're paying for is like your food bill or something and sometimes they even leave food for you but this is a different topic but yes so there is house sitting as an option there's in-house apartment manager um you can buy a multi-family home or apartment or whatnot and um basically live in like one room or one part of the house and rent out the other parts and that way whatever money you get at the end of the month will pay for whether it's a mortgage or rent bill or whatnot and you're not paying anything out of out of pocket necessarily and the last way that i am aware of is to get companies to pay for you to live abroad basically especially this is like a really good options for americans because um they have or people that speak english that's what that's what i'm gonna say it's just what the fact is but a lot of companies are hiring english-speaking people to either live abroad and basically serve as like either a translator or like work a range of different jobs teacher and all of that and some of those companies that hire abroad that usually pay your rent are google and with google you can apply for three jobs a month so three times 12 that's a lot you can apply to a lot of a lot of jobs this month i mean this year um there's a lot of different opportunities for you to live abroad get your rent paid for and still get paid like on a monthly basis um and there's also travel companies like hilton worldwide that does that you have airbnb job places the u.s federal government they usually offer free housing and they don't require much or if any um language like there is no language requirement there's also teachaway.com you can look into that if you're interested in teaching um nato which is located in bruxelles you have also the option to you know look into that there's the world bank and the world trade organization and lastly there's any governmental position you have that option you can ask about living abroad and for most of those abroad experiences your rent is covered by whichever company or part of the government that you're working for so that's it for today um like i said if anyone is interested in me expanding on any of these topics or just to learn more i will gladly have a group chat with just like myself and other people that are interested in something like this and i guess final note just to let you all know that i'm not doing this for any reason besides just i guess teaching people and like sharing the things that i have been learning with others because i find financial literacy very important and there are a lot of different aspects to it that i am still learning about that i would gladly share with you all and we can learn together so that's that's the whole aim of this 
again i'm not a financial advisor i don't have the legal right to like tell you any give you any advice about your finances however i am here to talk to you if you want someone to talk to so yeah that's it bye guys